Welcome, everyone, to another Slab Stocks Live here on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. My name is Aaron, one of your hosts, joined by Nate, as always. And we are here to talk about these sports car market cycles and, I guess, which cycle we're in right now and which sports are the best buy and which sports are the best uh, to sell. Because I kind of think at this point, while you would think that everyone has it figured out, I still don't think it's the case. Um, Nate, remember last year when we were like, oh, baseball got hot in November, December, and January, which is earlier than normal. Well, the same thing happened this year again. Um, and you kind of think that – it, it's just odd that this stuff constantly happens, and maybe that's because we weren't sitting here buying loads and loads of baseball cards, right, like, and people are acting like us. And then now that baseball is high, it's like, oh, that Wander Franco, this, that, and everything. But yep. that's, just, that's just how it goes, right? And I guess that's why we're here to talk about today, to kind of uh, look at the data, figure out what's going on, and uh, see what different deductions we can make tonight. And hopefully you all, as we go throughout the stream, can help us add into this discussion and give your thoughts too, because I don't think that this is a as cut and dry as it seems, um, if that makes sense. And I think that some things are, some things aren't, though. Nate, how are you doing tonight? Good. I like how you pull that Juan Soto uh, red? red there. Yeah, I know you like that. 25, right? Good stuff. It is about 25, which is a very visually appealing card there. No, Very visually appealing. So good. <laughs> uh, East Coast Card Collector, what's up, dude? How we doing? Uh, good to see you. Manuel says, hey, guys, hope you got some sleep, Aaron. Dude, Nate, this was one of the toughest wake-ups I've ever had. Like going 30-plus straight hours being awake and then only sleeping for four hours, waking up at 2 a.m. and then sleeping for another like four to five hours. Bro, it was so hard to wake up this morning. I've never delayed an alarm so much in my life. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was wondering was about that because you got in – 10 a.m. in the morning, right? In uh, it will end up being like 11:30 because the flight got delayed. But and then you yeah. had to wait for your baggage for a long time. So like you weren't. I mean, it was already midday there by the time you would have gotten, yep. or almost nighttime by the time you got your bags. No, yeah, I was literally up for over 30 straight hours, and because I I can't sleep on a plane, especially when the person in front of me reclines their seat all the way back, oh. and my big knees are. Oh. So, it should be illegal to recline seats all the way back if the person sitting behind you is over six feet tall. And I couldn't even open my computer barely to get the email scheduled. It should which be I pay for the Wi-Fi too. It should be illegal to recline your seat because I don't know what it is, but every time I'm on a plane, it's like every other person in my row has somebody that keeps their straight seat or their seat straight up. And then the person that's in front of me, you know what? I'm just gonna recline this bad boy. And all of a sudden the, the TV screen shifts when you're trying to watch a movie or something. Oh, so frustrating. <laughs> So uh, I feel, that, I feel that pain, but not quite the pain of uh, being 6'4 and having your knees get jammed into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So there was no sleep to be had. Uh, but here we are. We're, we're alive and uh, got to go see. Uh, I'll talk about it a little bit. But uh, what's up, Michael? Brian and Rob. What's up, Robert? Uh, Asheroad Sports is here. That's awesome to see. Uh, you see a little Juan Soto action. We got a little baseball to talk about to start. So it's a good thing you're here. Because uh, I thought it'd be fun to start off tonight's conversation. Nothing to do with. Um, the different cycles of, of sports and sports cards um, or anything or, or, you know, not to start with the PWCC weekly auction recap. We're going to start with this um, 2022 top series one Wander Franco. So clearly series one released. I talked about it last week in the weekly slab. Um, Nate talked about it in his Ding Corners podcast on Friday with uh, Jimbo. Shout out to Nate and Jimbo, by the way, check out uh, Ding Corners on Spotify and Apple podcasts on the Slab Sox podcast network. It is back in full force. And uh, Nate, would we say better than ever? I would say better than ever. Uh, two baseball minds is always better than one. That's what I say. <laughs> Excuse me. 
Yep, and that's definitely not what the weekly slab is. So uh, everyone check out Tahini Corners. And uh, here we go. So the first Wander Franco PSA 10 got listed on eBay. First ever graded is at $610 after that was like 17 hours. Um, now, this card is currently at $1,250 ending tonight. And there we no ask people, you know, what, I can't say game here for you. Then. Uh, we asked people, what's the true value, this and that. And then on the right side here, I just posted this a few hours ago. This was a post that resulted from last night's PWCC auction. This Wonder Franco Bowman Chrome Auto PSA 1010 sold for $10,200. That's up 122% since October. Now, that's a huge gain. Obviously, baseball's gone hot over the last five months, but that's a massive gain. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the 2022 Series 1 release. And in 2022 Top Series 1, there's an estimated 700,000-plus Wonder Franco rookies produced, um, which is... An insane that amount. all parallels. Just, no, that's just base. base. That's just base name. Cool. I'm pretty sure that's just base. Um, Scotty B. I'm gonna show him on the next slide. He uh, put up a YouTube video, and he was breaking down between hobby boxes. Between, well, I guess we can go to the next slide. Scotty B. Cards. Uh, shout out to him on YouTube. He does great stuff, and he's on Instagram. A good friend of ours. He's joined Nate before. I've talked with Scotty a lot. Um, he broke down the difference between hobby boxes, hobby jumbo boxes, retail products, complete set boxes, and complete team sets, um, and got an estimated print run for the Wanderers. Now, this is up 30% from last year. Nate, there's over 500,000 Alec Baum rookies floating out there. So there's over 500,000 Alec Baum and Joe Adele and all those guys. This year, there's over 700,000 of Wander Franco and Aaron Ashby. So now Aaron Ashby is worth nothing. Unless you have the premier party. <laughs> Do you hear that? I don't know if you heard me. There we go. Where is there it? There it is. Oh, there's Nate's premier party here now. I heard you. Um, <laughs> excuse me. But uh, yeah, so so there's just a lot of stinking Wander Franco rookies. Now, you know, some people commenting on Instagram, shout back to the cards. He's a great guy and always gives good insight on Instagram. He was saying, now, why should we care about the base print run when we all know that base cards, you know, they're not really worth grading. They're not really worth flipping anymore, especially top series one base cards. You know, I'm not talking... I know Prism or Mellow Ball rookies, you can buy a great in and make some money. Um, you talk about Alec Baum and most likely no chance. Um, currently, the Wander Francos are $15. And I think that this matters, at least the base production run, because this greatly affects if you're anyone that wants to open a retail product, a hobby box, a jumbo hobby box, whatever it is, this greatly affects your chance to actually pull something good. Because the more base that's produced, and the more product overall that's produced, the odds go way down for you to pull a black out of 69, 71, whatever they're numbered of, a Independence Day out of 76, a, even a gold out of 2020. Which is lame because it's stars. So who wants to pull it anyways? I actually didn't see it this year. It's just stars like the t- NFTs were. It's just stars. Interesting. Um, <laughs> there's only blue and red parallel on the back or border. I only I only saw the front. Maybe the back is different, but the front. No, I, I meant I meant the front, like the border. Like there's no there's no blue and red on the on red the stars that go on the side border, and then the top border is left white. Really, lame. Interesting. So, so my my, my whole point of this is that if production goes up thirty percent, and price doesn't really change, Nate, what are series one hobby boxes like? A hundred bucks, ninety bucks, a hundred bucks. Um. I know Jumbo Hobby was two twenty five. I haven't looked at 
I haven't looked at like regular hobby box prices in a little bit. Let me let me grab let me grab that for you. Yeah, so I guess my whole point here though is if, is if price isn't changing or if it's only going up in price and production is going up too, it's just how are you supposed to even justify buying any boxes or buying yeah, any you're, packs? You're, you're paying more for less. You're paying way more for less. You know, if production goes I, up thirty percent and price increases five percent, I heard people that were pulling like one single parallel per hobby box. And that's insane. That's insane. You know, do you know how, it's so hard to pull golds out of 2022 now? Like so hard. And if that's the case, there's no chance you're pulling a good gold out of 2022 out of five hobby boxes, maybe out of five cases, you yeah. know? So it's like, you know, one of good gold I saw out of 2022 just sold for $500 the other day, which at first sight, it's like, hmm, that seems kind of a lot. But then you're like, second sight, oh wait, 2022 compared to 700,000? Doesn't seem that bad. Doesn't really seem no, that bad, especially honestly, if you get a center copy that you can grade. And that's the top guy in the in the thing. Like, what's a? Oh, yeah. uh, you get anyone else, and you're getting just destroyed. Yeah. So that's my whole thing with it is that it really makes ripping the product just absolutely impossible. Um, you know, you're ripping a box in hopes to get a nice silver pack or a low number parallel that's like a one to one thousand shot. So that's just what how I feel about it and uh we'll see what happens we'll see what happens I would not be surprised if Juan Franco based rookies are three to five dollars in the next two weeks um I mean you had somebody that sold best offer accepted but a, a series one base gold foil Vidal Brujan 1499 crossed out I'm on eBay right now I could be on card ladder I should be on card ladder but it's just one of those things where Vidal Brujan's the second best player let me find an auction. Vito hey, Bruhan's the second best player in this entire set, and his prices are $25 for a gold. That's crazy. Like, you get the second best. If you don't get a wander, you're toast. I mean, you already you already know you're going to be toast, but, like, there's no, there's no backup at all. No. And uh, Nate's proving the point on why Carlyle is so useful. I just pulled it up in about 0.2 seconds. Mm-hmm. Nate looks on eBay and he sees it in forever. So, shout out card letter. Uh, sales history, I see the last one, 2338 for a gold out of 2022. That's brutal. And that's your like your best case, most uh, likely I'd card. Say, likely card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, so, not looking good. Also, Dave said, think of how much of this stuff won't get opened and how many parallels and stuff will sit in those boxes forever. Uh, I, I know a lot of it will get open, like just right now, but after like the first month or two, I feel like that there's gonna be so many better, nicer sets coming out. Like a Topps Chrome is gonna get ripped more than this. Um, that I agree. I agree. So uh, today I got to do something super cool. Something that uh, since I became a fan of Chelsea now a year ago, I really want to do. And I made it to the Stamford Bridge today for the first time. Uh, that is the shed wall, which was super cool. It's this like uh, brick wall that just goes all the way down the. Um, kind of down the stadium side and then it's got all the different legends of chelsea that are like on the wall super super cool and uh the store is massive but we couldn't really do much today because the match is tomorrow so i'm going to the champions league uh round of 16 against Lille in uh at home tomorrow obviously i'm super excited to go and then wednesday i'm doing a full stadium tour and uh i can't wait to share more so stay tuned because i will be having like a week one video come out and i did buy a big card here in london um, I spent the morning on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> searching for soccer and football cards. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and that's how I found it. I, I was like, 
I'm just going to go and look at Facebook Marketplace and see what I can find. And I can't wait to share that. That will also be in the week one video. I'm picking it up tomorrow. Picking it up more like the guys I could driving to London to drop it off. I'm super excited about that. Hey, I have a question for you. Yes. Why does it seem like there's a volleyball on either side of that Chelsea logo? I'm pretty sure that's what uh, football used to look like way back when. Okay. When the club started. But I see what you're saying because it does look like volleyball. looks a lot like a volleyball. <laughs> it does. Uh, Haas, are you there primarily for the game? Um, I planned the trip around the game. Technically, I planned it around the Leicester Premier League match, which got delayed. So thank goodness they play at home against uh, Leo in the Champions League tomorrow. Otherwise, I would have been devastated. But um, so, yeah, that really <laughs> worked out well. Where are you um, sitting? I, we should answer. Uh, I have no idea, actually. Oh, speaking of, we're going to print off the tickets. I forgot to do that. I haven't done that yet. Um, definitely a volleyball. Well, maybe they played with a volleyball, but it is. I mean, it is a volleyball. Uh, we should answer some of these questions before moving on. Uh, okay. Magic, what's up, dude? Uh, is this increased because of the popularity or cash grab before Fanatics comes in? Well, I think that the whole Fanatics coming in thing doesn't really apply anymore for a cash grab since they are more worried about the long-term health of the industry given they spent half a billion dollars on tops. Wait, was it? Was it half a no? Wait, was it half a billion? Eight, I, I, think? I think so. I think so. Half a billion. Um, I think. Yeah, I think it was supposed to go for like one point three billion, one point two, and then Fanatics announced the thing and they bought them for five hundred million. Yeah, play. because they probably weren't going to go for that one point three billion after Fanatics came in. Um, but I, I, I'd say it's because of the Wonderfront or the popularity of of this release in general. And I could see Rob brought up earlier. I forgot to pull up this comment. Um, Rob said that base cards should be overprinted so the value of the number cards hold more value. Look at the global key bets. It's so cheap, for example. That's a great point. And I do think that products should be accessible. And I think that that's a reason why they do it because this is kind of like their main just send it out their release. You know, I don't think that they'll do this with the Topps Chrome. I'm sure they'll print a lot. 700K? Doubtful? Um, we'll see, though. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out in the future. Hey, it is it is up to sixteen twenty five. That Franco PSA ten. And crazy. um the last couple of bidders, thirty three feedback, three hundred ten, nine, thirty four, five hundred forty two, one. We'll see. We'll Chris, see if Chris it paid for. Remember, it is the first ever grade of a PSA, so I'm sure that someone out there wants a novelty of that. Woo! I mean, six like sixteen hundred dollar novelty. I'm not sure. See, I don't think but, it uh, comes with. A, I don't think it comes with like a certificate that says first ever graded. So there's going to no, be uh, seven hundred thousand. There's going to be another like fifty thousand graded, and um, nobody's going to care. Technically, Nate, there is a certificate. It's not in paper, but uh, PSA did post on Instagram the first one that went through the grading room. What's the last three of the cert? <clears throat> Let me pull that up for you. Will you exit already? I just have to click on the picture. Sorry. Uh, seven six six. Yeah, that's the one that's on eBay. Okay. Not, I'm sorry. I meant on PSA's Instagram page. So a little different, but still, I get what you're saying. It's not like that's on the back of the card or something, or like a little sticker on the back or whatever. Um, I have something that's kind of weird. You, you're but, not getting. You're not getting like a like a a diploma encased or a, like a Packers owner stock thing in a frame that you can that you can put right next to it, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. And also Dave's right. The Wonder Franco first Bowman Chrome pop is stupid high. It is over ten thousand. Um, That's why you for go for the... the Bowman Chrome mojo, am I right? <laughs> Nate, all about those mojos. 
and uh, for as for like the Bowman Chrome PSA tens, it's interesting to see how those will do with now his like other rookie cards coming out because before that was like the only frequently traded card of him, and now there's gonna be many frequently traded cards of Wander Franco. So it'll be very intriguing to watch that. But we gotta move on. Otherwise, we're gonna spend all live stream talking about Wander Franco. Um, last night's PWCC weekly auction number five. Is there a problem with that? Uh, there is one. It's going to be midnight here pretty soon. Okay. I'm okay talking. Um, J- just let it be known to everyone else that I'm okay talking Wander Franco for an hour. I don't know if half our live stream viewers would like that too. Um, we got Johnny Moore, PSA 10, and last night's weekly auction number five through PWCC. And then for $84,000, which I've never heard of this guy before last night, and Jeff Malone also ended for $25,000 nearly as a PSA 10. As Nate pointed out last night in our stream, these two are the only PSA 10s in the 1986 Fleer set. They have a pop in, in the 60s. Um, clearly, there are set chasers that were battling out for these because I can't. It's just unbelievable to see these sell for that much. Um, but I have not, not, not much more to say other than that. If you're in the chat and you know who Johnny Moore or Jeff Malone was before right now, uh, please write something in there and let us know because I want to know how many people actually know who those two guys are before it just showed up on the screen or if you were watching last night. I would venture to guess maybe only ones that were fans of the Spurs or the Bullets back in the 80s. Next one is Ronaldo Red Wave Auto out of five PSA nine. So for 4,320, Nate found us a prison matchup silver PSA nine of Ronaldo and Messi that sold for 4.9K, which is $600 higher, which I can't believe. The Messi and Ronaldo, while it's a silver and it's not printed like 2018 or 2019 Prism Silver Basketball rookies. There's still like 85 of these things graded, 50 PSA 9s. Um, while that's rare, that's not an out of five auto of one of the best players of all time. And a Wait, amazing looking card, out too. It's out of five. Red I pulled it. No. Really? Red Wave's oh. out of five. I thought it was out of 10 when I pulled it, and then it's out of five. So, Nate, I just can't. That one is crazy to me. If you're in the chat right now and you see this, let, let us know. Like, can you justify this? I understand Messi and Ronaldo are on the same card, but they are also photoshopped on the same card. It's not as if they're playing against each other like in 2011. That one, uh, I think it's a sticker that sold like 20 grand where they're actually on the same card. Um, Jeff is Carl's brother. I actually did not know that. And and the Johnny is a short print. So Interesting. that makes sense why there's only 67 PSA 10s or 64. I don't remember which was Yeah, which. and then the Jeff Malone, there's also like very similar, like 67 versus 64, like you said. But that's a huge price difference there, like massive price difference, obviously. Uh, a little fun one here from uh, the from last night was a budget one. We got Carl Townsend sold for 138 The last sale of this was actually a year ago for 55 So Townsend's market definitely has done well this year compared to last year, um, especially when you look at cards that are like, you know, Excalibur Crusade, a nice-looking card, not the most desirable a year ago. Now I think it's a little bit more desirable because people are – ignoring those base PSA 10s and chasing something like that that has a little bit more eye appeal, um, a little bit more wow factor to it, and just, I think, obviously more rare, too. Ben Simmons, 138 for his 8.5 BGS uh, checkerboard, print line through it. The last Raw sold for 132. There's really been no movement in that card unless you would like to say that the Raws should be worth way more than BGS 8.5, which it probably is. And um, not much to say there other than it could be a good buy, I guess, if the Nets start performing. This one's intriguing to me. Um, Nate, I don't know your thoughts on this, but Herbert, this is the crossover NT insert patch auto at 25 BGS 9.5. So for 9.3K last night, 
and it's got like an 88 number patch right from the rookie premiere where <laughs> they just wear like the jerseys that have number 88 on it because it yields the most patch pieces like just by math it has the most square footage on it to get the most uh, patch pieces out of it so he wore number 88 at the rookie premiere and the rogers blockchain one of one logo shield which is clearly game used um i think by rogers sometimes opinion you say not any specific player you don't know but i'm pretty sure by rogers and that's a one of one on card auto bgs9 so for 9k now the last psa8 of herbert well as the last card like that regardless of the grade the psa8 sold for 4k 9.5 sold for nine nate which one are you taking there between the rogers I'm, and the herbert ignoring well, your packer bias ignoring the packer i was about bias. to say i'm wildly biased here um so on one hand the herbert's a rookie right but it's not it's not his true rpa by any means on the other hand you have a one-on-one logo shield of rogers so non rookie, also not 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 pack issued either. Though. That's a blockchain. Card, not so. pack issued. It's true. Well, I guess it depends on if I'm looking to collect one. I'm buying the Rogers. If I'm looking for profit in the future, I'd buy the Herbert. Gotcha. I think that's a lot of people would say. Let us know, everyone who's watching right now. Would you rather have that Herbert or the Rogers in your collection? Um, definitely interesting. And if you're wondering what the crossover comes from, uh, this is a remake of the 2010 national treasures basketball rookie patch autos so that's how they looked back in 2010 for paul george jamarcus cousins and john wall um and uh that's what the herbert looks like now so last one here's a little hockey one nate nate did a little nice research there and found a bobby or authentic that sold for just a bit more bobby or authentic rookie from 66 tops so for just a bit more than a leon dry sale patch auto of 100 psa 9 i love that card it's a future watch rpa this card last sold as any, any grade of the Leon for 821 back in May. This is the first time that card sold publicly since May, which is crazy. That's a wow. long time for a card on, you know, 100 to not surface or sell. I should say, should you know, maybe one surface. In that time. Which one are you taking? Me? I'm taking the Leon just because I he's you know one of the best players in the NHL right now. He's second in the league in points. Bobby Orr, one of the best defenders ever, or the best defender ever. Um, well, you already I do have, have an nice... auto out of five I... with Bobby Orr, so who cares? That's the thing. I pulled the Bobby Orr auto out of five. It's like any other Bobby Orr card to me now. It just seems like chump change compared to that because that card's like one of my favorites I ever have now. I love that card. You were there for that too. I was. It was awesome. That was very exciting. It was on your um, birthday. It wasn't my birthday. 21st birthday. Great memory. Uh, so here we go. That was the PWCC weekly auction recap number five. Catch us next week. Number six is going to be live at, uh, we're going to be live on YouTube at 10 PM Eastern time. And I'll be live at two forty-five AM again. It's my time. <laughs> now, now moving on to the main segment of the live show, we are going to be talking about the data from the different sports and which cycle we're in right now. Slash which sport would be the best buy possibly and which sport would be possibly the best to sell. Now, we're going to walk through these numbers here, and these are all going to be the sport indexes from Card Ladder over the last six months, three months, and one month. Correct, Nate? Correct. Six months, three months, and one month. Now, we're just going to walk through this and talk through the numbers, and then after we walk through all these indexes, we'll talk about the indexes and what they mean. Because I think sometimes they can just be taken for stuff that they're not. And we, I just kind of want to give my thoughts on. So 
In the last six months, the basketball index on card ladder, which includes 11,653 cards, it's all the different cards that card ladder tracks, is up nearly 13% in the last six months. Baseball in the last six months is also up 13% in the same amount of time, but there's only 3,471. So to move the needle, it could just take a lot less because there's less cards. Football in the last six months is up 40%, so significantly more. And you can see a lot of that bump came right around early 2022. Yeah, playoff time. Um, There was a bump in uh, October-ish. Just one little bump, though. That might have been like one massive sale of like a Brady I'm expecting there. Um, And that just drove it up to plus 40% now. Soccer in the last six months. This one's interesting. Plus 62%. Now, if you think about this, there's like two big bumps here. One right here, the week between November 7th and November 14th, and the week right here between uh, the 7th of February and the 14th of February. Now, if you think about this most recent bump in, in, in the soccer index, we had a Pele that set an all-time high soccer sale for $1.33 million that I know was added to car ladder in this index. Now, back in November, if you asked me, hey, Aaron, why did this thing move up so much in this one week? My memory is failing me. But I venture to say it's an Arpele sale, if I decided to make a guess. Um, either that or a massive Messi or something like that. So that's what we have for the last six months for those three. Soccer the most at plus 62%, 40% only, for football. But only 743 then, cards. I don't know if you pointed that out. Thank you. Thank you. I did not point that out for soccer. Only 743 cards, which is why this one could shift so much based off of like a $1.33 million sale. Now, in basketball, in the last three months, it's up 4.5%. Baseball's up 9%. And I think that that's pretty visible, right? Like, we've been feeling a lot of baseball heat in the last three months. And Mm -hmm. football's been up 16% in the last three months. Soccer is also up 16% in the last three months, virtually mirroring it. Now, keep in mind, this is pretty darn flat up until November 14th, when we had a $1.33 million sale. And then in the last month, basketball is up 0.6%. Baseball is up 5.6%, round up to 6%. Football is up 12%, and soccer is up 13%. Now, before moving on... I am really curious if you remove that Pele sale because soccer seems like it's right there with football as the top trender going into today. Um, but if you remove that Pele sale, would it be anywhere close to any of the other sports? That's a great, that's a great question. Um, no, I don't think so. I think if you, if you remove the Pele sale, this is going to be like plus 2% in the last three month right here, specifically soccer is doing well. Don't get me wrong. Like people are buying it. The world cup's coming in November, but not plus 13% in the last month well without a $1.33 million sale. Now, I will say that that $1.33 million sale probably has to do with some cards gaining some value, like some other Pele cards, Which, but I don't think that Carlyle attracts enough Pele random cards like we saw last night, right, Nate? Those 1964s are selling yeah, for $1,000. So there are so many random Pele's. Right, like I don't think they're tracking all those in this index because there's only 743 cards that includes all players, all years, all everything. Um, and that, my that includes on, PSA 9, PSA 10, SGC 10, SGC 9.5, SGC 9, right? BGS. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, like you, you could have you cards. could have the same messy card graded 
12 different ways, and that counts for 12 of these cards? Correct. I'm per, I'm 99% sure about that. Because okay. um, it's, it's each individual entry in the card ladder. So yeah. this is my thought on the indexes in general. They are a great summation just of what's happening in general. But in general is not the entire market. And that's what, like, you physically can't just look at this index, specifically the soccer and football, and say, wow, the entire market in soccer is really hot right now over the last month. That's not true. You can't sit here and say, oh, the entire football market's hot over the last month because it's up 12%. That's also not true. Joe Burrow cards, we'd have to do more research to physically point to every single Joe Burrow card that increases over the last month. But I'd venture to say that I don't know how much of this, but I'd say like 80% of the rate of growth here, Nate, had to have been between Burrow, Stafford, and Cup in the last month. Yeah. And okay. you're going to see as, as Burrow cards start to fall, each next sale goes down, that over the last month, football is just going to keep on trending down more now. Because everything that was driving it up over the last month or three months isn't going to be driving it up over the next month or three months from here. And, so, <laughs> excuse me. Though, if, well... I guess I'll point this out now. If it continues the trend like we see in baseball where the baseball season ends and you get like two, three weeks, a month off, and then all of a sudden prices start spiking back up again, um, it might not be that big of a drop if, you know, the Herberts and the Dak Prescotts of the world start spiking back up while Burrow is dropping. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's a, that's a good point, too. And also, I don't mean to take away from what the football market's done. I mean, the football market has done really well this year, I think. And I think a large part of that has to do with sports betting and the attention on on football in general. Um, it feels like it's kind of bounced back from where it was two years ago. Just I feel like that football was not really that exciting, especially in the card market two years ago. I think today it's a lot different. But I, I still think so much of it, like this specific thing we're looking at on the screen right now, the football card index moving up 16% is caused by Joe Burrow, Stafford, and Cup. And I think in baseball, this is a much better read where you didn't have that one Honus Wagner sell for $10 million instead of $6 million, and that $4 million outweighs the rest by so much that it increases, you know, a crazy percent or something. And the same goes for basketball, where I, I very much so feel like in the last three months, it's pretty justifiable to think that 4.5% has been the rate of growth for the basketball card market in the last three months. I think a lot more attention is coming back to basketball with the All-Star break uh, here, and I'm done in the playoffs coming. And that makes sense to me. Soccer um, doesn't for obvious reasons that we stay in. Yeah, Nate? Brief sidebar, uh, basketball's dead to me. Uh, Why? Bradley Beal and Chris Paul being injured in the last two weeks has really torpedoed my fantasy team. So dead to me. Yeah. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> it's not, that's, 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 not, that's not the basketball market's problem. <laughs> um, now, you might sit here and say, okay, Aaron and Nate, thanks for showing us all these indexes and that these prices are gaining value, but it might not be all cards. You know, 90% of the cards might be dropping, but those drill burrows are carrying it because they're selling for 500000 for 125000 and 9.5 RPA and T after selling for 30000 three months ago. And I say to you, uh, Magic asked really quick, Aaron, what months do you think the World Cup hype will start? Great question. I think it's going to start in like June run until about August and then you're going to kind of start to see prices maybe peak in like September and October. I think you're going to start to see some sell-off. 
And then November, you're going to see some players are playing really well spiked too. But overall, I can kind of see hype start around June, run through about October, um, and then drop down from there. But back to this topic, you say, what should we do to kind of learn more to see how actual markets trend? Um, I talked to Nate and I said, hey, Nate, you know, looking at a couple of cards that are like, not like, you know, pop 20,000 Zion or, or, or Juan Soto um, PSA 10 base cards, but relatively frequently selling cards that have kind of trended up and down over the last year, two years. And let's look at them and see what cycles they go up and what cycles they go down. Um, so Nate brought up Anthony Simons here. This is his Prism Silver PSA 10. Although PSA the picture nine. here is, says nine, this isn't a PSA nine. PSA 10s were 350 right now. I can guarantee this is a PSA. Oh, ha! I know what happened. I replaced your graph. I went back and grabbed two years. I, I replaced your graph. So I went back and grabbed two years, not because I thought that Nate was wrong. I went back and grabbed two years of data on the Anthony Simons because I think that with 2021, there was prices that just got so outrageous so fast. I think it's worth looking back two years to see how the trend was before last year, too, just because I think that they're different years. So okay. for this particular card, Anthony Simons, when the Haas players going to the All-Star break, um, you see... This is back around April 2020. It spikes into November 2020 a lot because of COVID. Um, the bubble happens. The prices drop back down. So that's kind of hard to say, like, something happened there, right? But then you see going into the next season, prices started to rise, rise again. He had a couple outliers there, outliers there. Oh, no, never mind. Really quick. I'm going to zoom in. Prices start to rise from when the bubble ended to when the next season came. Then the season came, and prices started to dip. Okay, now Anthony Simon starts to play well in the all-star break back in 2021 and prices go up again. Yay. But guess what? Blazers aren't going anywhere. Simons is sitting behind Lillard and McCollum. His prices go down through the summer. So now they go back down to like a hundred bucks during the summer. They kind of sit there. This has to be an outlier up there. I can't really physically see why that would sell for that much. Um, and they sit there all the way until the next season comes, you know, basketball starts at the end of October and they start to go up to 150. Simon gets some minutes, plays decently. Well, and then Lillard probably comes back for an injury or McCollum or whatever, and then prices start to dip again. And now that McCollum's traded and Lillard is hurt and he's playing really well, prices have absolutely spiked out of the world. Now that doesn't have anything to do with the market trend overall, but you can kind of look at the last two years and say, okay, uh, prices dip when the season's done, <laughs> prices bounce back when the season comes, and they start to dip when the season starts until said player plays well. Um, and you can see kind of with a lot of players too, Nate, I feel that a player can be playing super hot to start the year, but sometimes his market can't even keep up with that if there's just not demand for it. Um, now you get a guy like Juan Soto who starts with like probably like six home runs in the first month and sitting like 330 and prices will surely go, probably keep going up. But outside of that, you really have to be playing at the top of the game for your prices to keep trending up when the season starts. Yeah. Do you agree with all those statements? I agree with that because people are always hyped and then, uh, I mean, you have to, you have to be Vlad. You have to be Vlad last year. Look at Juan Soto. He put up pretty decent numbers in the first half of the season. His prices dropped like a rock. Not like a rock, but he dropped. And then he came back and did really well the second half, and prices didn't really move that much higher considering he had like a historic second half of the year. But guess when prices started boom? Right now. Right now, exactly. And that's a great point that Nate just made because Soto was – Still one of the best young players. Still playing well. 
not outrageously well, like MVP level well, but he did the second half of the year because that put him into the MVP conversation. And I like that Rob just asked you this. Nate, who's your sleeper pick in the MLB that's not a rookie? For example, Yelich, Mookie, Bellinger. Because Vlad last year, not a rookie. People were down on him, but he figured it out. Figured it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, that's that's a good question. If I'm being biased, I want to say uh, Kesson Hira. We got DH now. We've got new hitting coaches. His mom is cancer-free. So the biased and um, very hopeful Brewers fan in me says Kesson Hira. Uh, but non-biased, I'd have to think about it a little bit more. You know how it goes. First thought always goes to, all right, who on the Bucks can fit, can fit this question? Who on the Brewers can fit this question? Yep. <laughs> Maybe that'd be a good one for you and uh, Jimbo to talk about on the pod. Sleeper picks, like and then I'll be let this me, year. Let me, uh, let me snap a picture of that so I uh, definitely do remember that. Remember the definitely question. Uh, Luke says, Trey Young, a bye. I mean, this is a very similar situation to what we were just talking about. Trey Young having a great year. Hawks not playing all that well. And his prices haven't like done super well this year. Like some stuff has increased in pricing, has been playing well and has been getting some heat. But like that could signify signify a buy, not for this season, but for next season. Just like Soto, like what we were talking about. Do you feel like um, any 2018 <coughs> rookies are really doing well though? Like if you go through the big time 2018 rookies, is there really that much price movement up? Okay, well, outside of Anthony Simons. I'm I'm more thinking of I'm more thinking of the Lucas, the Trays, the Jaron Jackson Juniors, the Shays. Guys that were already stars. So Shea was two weeks ago. Shea was gaining good value and then he got hurt. He was having a super good year and he got hurt, which definitely curbed his market. JJJ, I think, recently has gotten some market love. He's been playing really well recently. Didn't start the season all that great. Um and then, other than that, though, like, Luca's been pretty unreal statistically-wise, but his cards, like we've talked about, have been fatigued and falling. And Trey's been playing well. Trey's top 10 in a lot of those stats in the NBA, including PER, um, which I know isn't the be-all, end-all stat. But with the Hawks not doing well, they're just not doing so hot. So, yeah, that's a great point. And they, I think it's the same thing as just overall fatigue. It's like, dude, this was, like, the set that, like, so many people started just, like, buy so many cards of, you know. And eventually, you just want to buy new cards because you just get bored. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Moving on to baseball. Um, this is the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. This is a Purple Refractor 2019 Heritage PSA 10 going back to uh, March of 2020. You get some heat into the beginning of the season. I can't remember how Vlad was doing back in 2020. Potentially well based on this graph. Uh, season ends, and this thing dropped like a brick all the way back down to below $50. New season comes, and this thing just kept on climbing. Climbing, climbing, climbing. Vlad doesn't reel. Goes even higher. Kind of stagnates through the season. Um, and then it drops after the season. And now it's bounced back up again. So, like, this is a perfect example of how these cards move. You know, we wouldn't see this, Nate, on the car ladder index. We wouldn't see this at all because of the fact that this specific type of card isn't the thing that's driving the prices to go mostly up on them. You can tell when the overall market is dropping, including the expensive cards. Yeah, you see a dip on the index, but if this card dips right here, but there's a Juan Soto Bowman Chrome Gold that goes for fifty grand, which is twenty percent higher than the previous sale, it's going to wipe out this card and so many other cards like it. So, would you consider like a 06 percent increase, like basketball was in the last month, to be a drop? Then, 
you'll have a few big time cards that probably increase in price because they haven't been sold in uh, two years. And otherwise, I, th- otherwise- I, I think a month is too soon to look at because like one month to have an overall like 11,000 card index increase in price by a lot, it's very difficult. It does take like those massive sales, but there's 11,000 cards. So it's hard to even increase the 11,000 cards. I think if you look at like three months and you see like 0.6%, then you're like, yeah, this isn't doing so well. But it's been pretty decent over the last three months, like 6%, I think we we're saying. Um, hey, I'm going to answer Nate, this. Re- yeah, oh. yeah, go ahead. I was going to click was on this it? one. Same, 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 uh, same thing here. Um, you guys still high on Jared Kelnick in Seattle? Obviously, we are. He's from Wisconsin. We're from Wisconsin. But I, 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 I don't like to look into like one month stretches because I've seen a lot of guys have one month stretch that is good at the start of a season and then they fade. Um, a one month stretch in the middle of a season that is really good and then they fade or they start slow, like. I, Taylor Youngman. Aaron, you remember Taylor Youngman? Yep. He was really you know, good. Really good for a good little bit. And then he stunk. Unieski Betancourt, the second time he was back on the Brewers. Super, super good uh, for for like the first month of the season where he hit like eight home runs or something. And then he stunk. Um, but when you're trying to support somebody, you look at one month stretches and say, hey, I think he's figuring it out. Joe Adele last year. Jared Kelnick also um, really bad, really bad, really bad. And then 29 games in September and October, he had an 854 OPS, um, including, you know, six doubles, a triple, seven home runs. Still hit 248, but 248 is significantly better than hitting 196 that he did in August. 331 on base percentage was significantly better than his 282 from the month before and a 524 slugging. Obviously, um, 524 slugging is better than three of his months total OPS from the uh, the first three months of his season. So <clears throat> basically what I'm trying to say is if you like a guy, you look at it one month and you say, yeah, yeah, he's figuring it out. I'm excited about him next year. If you don't like a guy, you say guys can have random one month good stretches all the time and it means nothing. But I like him, so I'm using that month to justify wanting to spend money on him. And Robert said, uh, hey, Trout has a slow start. Do I smell a Trout trend? Ha ha, JK. Uh, I think that would be more applicable to a Vlad or a Wander than a Jared Kelnick. <laughs> but we'll see. Speaking uh, of Jared Kelnick. What do you got there? Premier Party Pack, Jared oh, Kelnick, man. Future Stars. Look at you pulling all the nice Wisconsin cards. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Uh, we are on to football, the American football here. And this is Josh Allen's graph. Uh, for the last two years on his 2018 prison-based PSA 10. I'm probably going to sound like a broken record if I walk through this entire graph and look at each of the each individual uh, spike in price and drop in price. But overall, this is the same trend. You see the season comes, price goes up, season starts, price goes down. Playoffs might come, like right here um, in 2021. Price goes up because he did pretty well. Got to the AFC Championship game last year. Um, and then prices go back down, and then they go up, and then they go down, and uh, eventually they're finally tr- kind of bouncing back again. Also, the big drop here um, in 2021 towards the end of the year, I think a lot of it, you know, the base market going down a lot had a lot to do with that. Um, but they did start to bounce back after, like, December. And then one more football here is uh, Joe Burrow's Mosaic Silver PSA 10. Nate, I chose the Josh Allen, too, because I just didn't think this described what we were trying to talk about well enough because there's 
clearly a lot of first graded cards here that were so high in price. Well, that that I think is a nice. I think it's a whole nother good point though too. So we talk about it. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up just to just to show you that sometimes you look at a graph and you say, "Oh, it's low." You know, it's low. Yeah, uh, that stinks. Um, but then you remember that there's only a few graph points here in the first couple months and uh you can't really start there so you got to move on till probably like october of 2021 is where you can probably start looking for a trend and if you start there it looks pretty good <laughs> it does look pretty good um of course because burrow had an unreal season and playoff run but yeah don't don't buy in the first few that get graded um as if it's a super common card you know, and don't definitely don't use it as like a justification for buying a card. Like, don't say, oh, it, even if you take out the outlier, you know, you can use this one that was like 600 and say, wow, this is at 400, but it was at 600. So it can get back to 600. Yeah. Poor choice. Very poor choice. Because even with his hot run, this got back up to what, 450, 500. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Ooh, hey, wax to the future. Nate, can Jazz Chisholm become a star this year? I love his swing. Jazz Chisholm, you say? Future stars? Jazz Chisholm? (laughs) Nate literally has every single... Nate probably has a full set of Premier Party uh, Tops cards over there. Just pull (laughs) pull them all out. Anyone that says... I only only have 23 of them, and two of them were Isaiah... Whatever, the the Texas catcher. (laughs) So... I don't even know who that guy is. I've never heard that name in my life. Exactly. Uh, Next up, I guess I got to scroll down here. The actual football. I'm here in London right now, so I have to refer to this as football, as you can see at the top there. Uh, Erling Holland, 2019 Sapphire PSA 10. This is another situation, is like the Burrow, and that's why I put in the two year graph here. Man, I can't believe a base Sapphire PSA 10 Holland at one point sold for 6K. He was absolutely on a roll here in the Champions League last year before they got eliminated. And then all of them started to get graded, and a dip, 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 dip. And, um, you can see that's quite down even now. It's just over $1,000 right now. But I want to point out that it did drop all the way down until the new season came. And it did go back up to like 2500 or 2250 about uh, in September. And since then, with me injured and stuff and Dortmund not making much noise, not being in the Champions League round of 16. So I should be buying. This is a low right now for him. I should be buying in. This is a low for the Sapphire PSA 10. Now, I love the card. Is it the one? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell at this point, right? Like, to get a numbered Holland rookie, you got to spend thousands. So I have to assume that some of these are in the $500,000 range are going to increase in value when he makes a move to a Real Madrid, to a maybe Man City. You know, I, I don't know where he's going to go. I'm assuming, man, if him and Mbappe go to Real Madrid, that'd be crazy. But we'll see. Same deal with those soccer. Same things happen. And this is another crazy one, sticker PSA 10. These things got so hyped, and there are so many of these things made, like so many of them made. It went all the way up to $1,000. I can't believe that and dropped all the way down now to 200 Um, But I'm not really sure. You know, there's not much price rebound here with the season coming, mostly dropping, I think, because of the nature of how many of these things were getting graded and just how many are out there in general. Now, do you think, do you think that if he does, in fact, move from PSG next year that – just a move will increase his market, or do you think leaving Messi and Neymar will be a detriment to his card prices? That's a great question. I think it can go either way because I always think having your own team and being the focal point, the star, 
I very we'll, much agree we'll, with that. We'll give you more price boost than playing a team with counter stars. I agree with that. I agree with that so much. Corey Seager is one of the guys I'm really excited about this. Oh, no, <laughs> Premier Cardi pack, huh? I literally hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's like, I bet you Nate Nate had a sheet before this. How many times can I mention the Premier Party in one live stream? I, I legitimately only have five of the Premier Cardi party cards here and four of them worked out and i didn't even show the trout who was brought up wow which, you could have even plugged that one so which, you're trying yeah. to be nice which is also like the best card there's two on stinking ebay right now and somebody's asking for 799 dollars and 750 i mean i know it's rare but like come on yeah come on come on uh that's like your 20th year tom brady card kind yeah. of global asks, do you boys think once psa fully catches up in their backlog and uh, offer catches up with their backlog and they offer similar pricing as before that the market will have a reasonable bounce back. Man, remember they're like at limit limiting fifty dollars for grading right now. Um, for them to get back to prices as it used to be, I think it's a long road back there. And I think that the turnaround times are not short. And I think there's going to be upfront about how long they're going to take now versus saying like forty to forty five days. That was one of the, their biggest mistakes um, with the previous ownership was not making clear how long the turnaround times were getting. Because people were subbing, like Nate, like me, 40 days. Great. You know, can't wait to have my cards back in, I don't know, three months after the business day thing. No, it's over a year, you know? So that's uh that's what I was thinking. Or that's what I'm thinking is that like it won't it'll be a long time before prices get back to what they are. I do think it'll help the overall market just buy more raw cards to just send them off and forget forget about them. But I remember that does include really long turnaround times if that does happen. Nick Foles says, what's Premier Party? You don't even have to answer that question, Nate, because another time to plug the Premier Party tomorrow, Nate's vlog from the Topps Premier Party in Los Angeles is coming out on YouTube. I got to upload a video tonight before, or maybe tomorrow morning when I wake up. And, yeah, you do uh, so I can watch it. I know. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get it uploaded before I go to bed, though. But we'll see. That's okay. um, I forgot about when I got back. And it's going to go live on YouTube. Uh, I'm assuming around like 12 p.m. Eastern time um, so or 1 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to watch and see what Nate did in L.A. with Tops, very cool. Awesome video. Highly suggest watching. And uh, you'll see. This is basically the kickoff of 2022 Top Series 1. And Nate got a nice invite. Yeah. And it'll be great because it'll be right in time for me to spend my uh, snow day tomorrow watching that. Because we're about to get hammered with like, it's like. Projected 13 inches of snow, 14 inches of snow, something like that, and like a 90% chance of happening. Man, that's crazy. That's wild. I can guarantee it's not snowing here in London, which is nice. But it is. it does rain a lot. So, um, Also, you're going to have to watch a video a lot if you want to take up a lot of time because it's only 13 minutes long. So. <laughs> it's, just, it's just on repeat. <laughs> there's be a lot. There's watches in the first hour. They, all, they were all me. Yep, pretty much. Um, Corey, this is weird. I only listen to the podcast. Imagine being someone listens to our podcast for three and a half years, comes and watch a YouTube video for the first time. And it's like, dude, what is this? He's <laughs> probably like, I expected these dudes to look different. <laughs> right. Rough. Uh, magic, definitely a family friendly video. Definitely a family friendly video. Nothing to worry about. And uh, Marcus is watching. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you all check it out because it is a uh, it is a great video. <laughs> yep, that's me. 
And Nate does an awesome job interviewing some really cool people and some nice little breaking news from Tops on a new product. <laughs> Robert, what? You got a deal. <laughs> Nate, next time, let me be the boom microphone guy so I can go to the Tops premiere party. Uh, we have actually taken a vow that we will not carry around a boom microphone so we don't get in people's ways at card shows. <laughs> but you can be the, uh, the, the camera guy. Hint, hint, right below. Now that I'm his his bag, his bag boy. Now that I'm now that I'm big time, um, just a just an A list celebrity. You can uh, you can be you can like, I don't know, be my car guy. Get in. I never should have let Nate go to that party by himself. He thinks he's the biggest hot shot in the world. Now whipping out premiere party cards. He's like, oh, Aaron, you don't have those. (sighs) Um. Corey, I have checked out a little bit in the past. It's just there's so many things we do, and so it's so busy that you know that's one place I haven't really been able to dive into. But uh, that's that's all we got for the main show right now. Um, I want to point out that Nate is picking up both of our whatnot streams this week. I should not have screenshot those times because those are completely wrong. That is my time in London. Uh, ignore the times on the screen. Nate will be live on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, doing some top Chrome and maybe finest Champions League packs, and then also on Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern time to do whatever the opposite is and um, it'll be fun. So make sure to check out uh, the whatnot app and join Nate. Um, excuse me. I'm really happy. Nate's going to be picking up my slack and uh, hopefully get some big hits. Ayo. And we do have six minutes left. This has not happened in a long time. We have six minutes left. Submit any question that you want and we'll answer as many as we can in the next few minutes here. Cause it is 1155 PM in London. So I can't sit here for forever, but, Oh my gosh, Jordan! I'm gonna ban Jordan so fast. Jordan, ask me again in two weeks after I'm done carrying all of Aaron's slack. <laughs> I hate you. Broken. Man, I was, gonna, I was just gonna say, let's add up all the posts over the last three and a half years, and let's see how my back's feeling. <laughs> Dude thinks he's so sick. He goes to one event and posts a couple of Instagram reels. Um. Aaron, how do you feel about the long-term value of Holland rookie stickers? Will it be considered as go-to rookie? Well, funny enough, we actually bought a 2019 Champions League sticker, the Tops one last night, uh, SGC9. As for the fu- uh, Fussball or Foosball ones, uh, however you say it, I don't know, man. There's a lot of those things out there again. Here's my thought on stickers. Vintage stickers, really cool. Modern stickers, not so cool in my opinion. They just print so many of them. Um I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for it, and I feel bad that I don't. I just don't think it's going to be the long-term value for Holland. And then there's the modern cards. There's his autographs. His, his super low number of colors is going to be the, where the long-term value is. Um, Nate, any other questions that you want to pick up here other, before I pick up some more? Oh, uh, yeah. Why is everyone talking about Holland and nobody's talking about Vlahovic or Vlahovic? Um, I ask that question myself all the time. Big, big Vlahovic guy myself, so. Uh, Nate, that's the guy that I said was maybe transferring to Arsenal. And then he went to Juventus because Arsenal isn't in the Champions League, so he couldn't go play in the European Championship, which Chelsea actually is tomorrow. I'm going to that. And the people down the street, the Arsenal Gunners, they're sitting at home on their couch going to watch Chelsea tomorrow. So, yeah, just a reminder about that, that that's why he didn't go to Arsenal. <laughs> but I got to get my shots in this. Man, I regret- he, pulled five, he pulled five Premier Party cards in this live stream. I got to get back at him. <laughs> Wait, what? Six? Oh my God, Six. <laughs> um, Jordan, what are your thoughts on Dusan Vlahovic or Vlahovic? I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. Uh, I honestly just know he scores a ton of goals. He's on Juventus now. He has some time to shine. He does. He has guys contenders, rookies. 
They gained a ton of value. I don't know enough about him. I have not watched him play live that I can sit here and say, yeah, go buy his cards or not. I'm sure that his stuff is going to do well, though, um, as the soccer card market increases. Does Obi Toppin get a boost from the dunk contest win? In my mind, Obi Toppin might decrease in value, as with all the other dunk contest participants, because that was the worst thing I've ever watched. I watched in the airport with the flight being delayed. That was just putrid. Ooh. That was abysmal. You know it's rough. You know it's rough when you have literally nothing else to do. And it was still bad. You know, you had you had nothing else to do. You were in the airport. You couldn't do anything else. So you watched yeah. the slam dunk contest and you still hated it. That that is a is a bad sign. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was it was it was literally terrible. It's probably one of the worst I ever got. Um are you doing a trade night in the UK? Collectors Paradise, great question. Um, I don't think I'm doing like an official like trade night. I am thinking about putting out just like a random meetup in London if anyone is in London, but most of the people I'm finding are actually like not in London, so it's kind of hard to get everyone together. But what I will say is I am going to Manchester on the 26th for the card show. Um, there's a card show in Manchester, so if you are in the UK and want to come meet me and say hi or just look at some cards together, go to Manchester. I think it's like the North Card Show. I can't remember what it's actually called. I'm on the 26th of February. This is a good question. Nate, do you think the baseball <coughs> season will happen? Yes. Will we get a full season in? I don't know. I know they met for multiple hours today, and I think we started this live stream before I found out if they had finished meeting yet, the MLB and the MLB Players Association. Um, I do believe their goal is still to, to get player uh, pitchers and catchers started by the 28th. They think if they can get them started by the 28th, they get a full four weeks of spring training and the season can start on time. Will that happen? I don't know. But I do think that eventually we will have some sort of season because there's a lot of money being left on the table uh, from both owners and players if there's no baseball being played. Greg, I missed this earlier. I have a coffee at Rosslyn in London, the best in the world. Is it like the world's best cup of coffee in Elf, which was a crappy cup of coffee, or is it actually the world's best cup of coffee? Because I love coffee, and some people do say my blood's actually made up of 50% coffee. But, um, yes, I will have to go check that out. Do you um, like coffee, or you like coffee from Dunkin' Donuts? Well, that's my all-time favorite, but I, mean, I do very, drink a lot. Very some, people, some people, I won't say who, question if you actually like coffee because you like coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. Dude, you're just a moron who tried their donuts when you were 10 and thought that they're inferior to like a Krispy Kreme or like a, um, a or to literally, bakery. Or to literally any donut in the history of the world. Dude, I'm not disagreeing with you. I agree. Their donuts are not that good. I've had donuts better at every single place I've ever been. But their coffee, which is now I think what they market the most, is super good. Um, oh. TM cards. Yes, Nate. You, you, you asked that question, then I have a very serious question right. for you. TM cards, how much very serious. How much do you guys think the PWCC capital vault loan slash cash cash advances have to do with the auction results over there? I think it has to do a lot. Um, not only that particular scenario where like you commit a card to auction, you can get 50% of the insured value out at the moment to then go spend in the auction. But I think the overall environment helps a ton. If you can buy a card. Transfer to your vault immediately, list it for sale within like a couple of weeks, and then get 50% of the money out at that time. It's just a very, very good system to constantly be buying, selling, trading cards. Um, I think a lot of people use it and are willing to pay more for certain cards because they can get them in their vault right away. Go ahead, Nate. Um, I, I wanted to ask you this question, very serious. 
Um, as a Wisconsin Badger, as a former Wisconsin Badger, um, what do you have Once to a badger, say? For always your, a badger. What do you have to say for yourself? Um, rooting for a team that would get into fights at the end of games and have coaches intimidate and harass other coaches into throwing punches. Um, do you have anything to say for the Wisconsin Badgers? And are you going to step down from your fandom of the Badgers and come join a school that maybe would never do that, like the Kansas Jayhawks? Okay, first of all, Jayhawks have been under so much fire for all these different things for the last like five years, paying all these players, all this recruiting garbage. You cannot talk about anything hey, that has to do hey, with question, question. Did anything come of that? Because I don't remember I don't remember what? um anything Whatever. happening from the Adidas paying scandal. But Got my, brushed under a rug, so yeah, I don't know what well, you're talking I will about. Mo- I will move on to the next point. Is that Juwan Howard is a dummy because if your team is down sixteen and with 20 seconds left, you start pressing the other team's bench, the other team's last five guys. You start pressing them full court. And then the other coach calls a timeout to get his bench guys who never play, just all in the same rhythm, just to finish the game. And then you get mad at the other coach for calling a timeout. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And on top of that, you literally just, like, club an assistant coach in the head who had nothing to do with what you guys were – it's just the, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on a court in my life. And I have no idea what's going to come of it. I get that Greg Gard probably said saying them after I, – I think that Juan Howard said saying them first from the video. It looked like it. Um, but, like, also if you're Greg Gard, it's kind of like, what are you just going to do, walk away and, like, not stand up for yourself? He didn't, like, really do anything to them, you know? Yeah. And also, I, I heard I, that wasn't the first incident. I heard that was not the first incident that Juan Howard got into altercation on the court. I, Maryland last I year. I can't see Juwan Howard keeping his job after he actually connected on a punch. But also, Greg Gard should probably be suspended for a while. A while? A while. You think a while? No, number of games. Maybe maybe through the first round of the NCAA tournament or something. Nate, it's like, I just want to see Aaron cry after the Badgers get eliminated. <laughs> uh, uh, I just wanted to bring that up. But really, it did. I mean, he did kind of get into his face. But also, it seemed like Jawan Howard was more of the handsy guy. No pun intended on the punch there, but even when he was in Gray Guard's face, he's um, and stuff. he's also a six nine dude. Yeah, like dude, you're just way bigger than Gray Guard, anyways. Like <laughs> ridiculous. I know, I know. And also, Michigan's not doing well this year. You can't tell me that they're just a really irritable team right now because they're so. We were just in the. Elite Eight or whatever they were in, and now they're doing really bad. And then when you get your players that are, like, attacking players too because of you, like, that's just such a bad look. Super also, bad look. all jokes aside, this does stink because Jawan Howard has such a good – Jawan Howard has such a good, um, like, legacy just in general. And to have this mar, it kind of stinks. Um. Magic City suspended for the rest of the season. I just Googled and I don't see. I don't see that. I don't think they've said anything officially yet on it. Unless you see something I don't. But Google isn't showing me any new news over the last like seven hours. Yeah. Well, I mean I guess that's how we end today's live stream. <laughs> uh, no, actually we'll take a we'll take a um, question from Jordan here. How much top chrome F1 product are you expecting? Are you saying are you expecting me to get in my hands? I'd say like a case of the new Topps Chrome, um, maybe a little bit more if we can work it. But um, 
I can't say for sure. You know, we don't have distributor access, even though some people probably think we do. We don't have manufacturer access. Like, I don't order product until it literally comes out. So that's how it goes for us. Um, for Tops F1, I'll listen to the weekly slide from last week because I did talk about the paper product that came out. Intrigued to see what the Chrome product does. Nate, anything else for today's live? I feel like that we just uh, ended on a very different note than we were on for most of the stream. But uh, yeah, well, well, I was just, I just, I forgot I wanted to bring that up and and harass you over Wisconsin getting in fights. Something that, something that. Uh, oh, here we go. This is gonna be a good one ooh, to send us. Yeah, off. let's, end, gonna let's end on this. It's gonna get super riled up here. Derek Jeter or Mike Trout for long term investment. Well, on one hand, you have Derek Jeter, who's like one of the top like five Yankees of all time from a face value standpoint. Not not talent level, not skill, not. Uh, wins above replacement, anything like that. But from a from a face of the franchise, definitely top five. But Mike Trout, there's going to be an entire generation of people who Mike Trout is by far the best player they'll have ever ever seen. So I would go with Mike Trout, even if he doesn't win a playoff series in his entire life. I would still go Mike Trout. Agreed. Agreed with you. Um. You're going to get some Yankees fans are going to say, absolutely not. Last question from Greg, because I don't want to deny this. Is there still a young, affordable star in baseball with big upside? Um, the affordable and star and big upside doesn't really – that doesn't really show up in the market anymore these days. I mean, three fair, years ago – Luis Robert. Okay, Nate, Nate Nate does bring up a good point. But all is really what's your definition of affordable, right? Is it going and buying a top chrome refractor PSA ten for a few hundred dollars or is it a Bowman Chrome nine five or PSA ten for four K, you know, or three K? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Nate Nate, you're all on that Luis Robert train though? Um I mean I just I like the upside. There is some risk there. He came back from injury, really kind of changed up how he go approach his approach at the plate, started hitting for way more power. Uh, doesn't walk as much, but very interesting. And the type of guy that if he does what he did the last half of the season, he is, you know, a top 10 MLB player. So I'll take that. I'll take that chance. Uh, he might not end up doing what he did after he came back from injury. He might revert back to his old self, but um, I'll take a bet on that upside there. Uh, last question I'll answer. Do you think Dusan Vlahovic could become the same level as Holland? Um, let me just say this. Holland has 129 career goals right now. I think 129. Um, and he is, I think he's, what, 21 at the most? Yeah, he's 21 right now. Dusan Vlahovic is 22, and he has, like, 40-something career goals. Now, I understand that you can get better as you age, and the stats at this moment doesn't say everything, but I'd say Holland is going to be head and shoulders above Lohovich in terms of a market standpoint for a long time and probably forever. Now, if I'm wrong on that, you can come tell me I don't know enough about do some talk, which you probably can say right now sitting here. I'm just speaking from knowing what Erling Holland's done and how co covered his cards are. Uh, that's it, though. And shout out to Corey Carr. I'm glad that Corey was able to come and watch the live stream here and see our faces and, uh, get really uh weirded out by the youtube videos it's like um you ever you ever hear a, a song and you think of one thing and then you see the music video for the first time and all of a sudden it changes your entire perception of the song 
I can't that put my finger up, but yes. That's what just happened to Corey. He might have liked our podcasts, and then he saw our faces, and now he just can't. He won't be able to handle it anymore. And also, shout out to Rob. Rob, thank you so much for coming to the stream, too, and I hope that there's enough baseball talk for you. Um, I know Nate did a good job sharing all his premiere party cards and giving zero value to the audience. I'm just kidding. Nate did give value to the audience. (laughs) All right. That's how we're going to shut it down. Uh, thanks everyone for coming this week. Don't forget to check out Nate on whatnot Wednesday and Thursday at 5 p- 6 p.m. Eastern time and 5 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll, we will be back on YouTube live on Sunday for the next PWCC live bidding at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time next week, Sunday. And also uh, go Chelsea. I'm super excited for tomorrow's match. So uh, thanks everyone for coming and we will see you all in the next live.